2: 20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack a Day Podcast. You can get all your Pack a Day updates by following us on Twitter at Pack a Day Podcast. And remember to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, tune in or Spotify. And of course, you can always check us out at cheeseheadtv.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I'm joined by Andrew Mertig today. And it's a Victory Monday show and our very first Christmas Day episode, I think. Andrew, how are you doing?
3: Yeah, if if we've done a Christmas Day episode before, I think maybe it was pre-recorded or something. But yeah, it's awesome. very, very good. I know that many people are confused about how to feel about that performance and we hopefully Are going to walk you through that, uh, talk a little bit about some of our emotions uh, and hopefully help you feel a little bit better about the Packers getting to victory, despite the way that it turned out. Uh, Merry Christmas and happy holidays to everybody listening. So whether you're just enjoying a day off of work or, uh, you know, maybe traveling around from uh, family and, and listening to us or, you know, checking us out on your new headphones that you got. (laughs) <laughs> uh whatever it happens to be thank you for listening we're we're super grateful to be here and yeah uh, get, it's better to talk about an ugly win than a pretty loss
2: it is absolutely and as inter said merry christmas we hope that you are enjoying your day thank you for sharing your christmas with the pack day podcast but the packers traveled to carolina to take on the carolina panthers on sunday afternoon the panthers Have had a rough season, to put it kindly, I think is safe to say. They're on their second head coach, so that doesn't happen all the time if things are going great. Uh, Things are a bit of a mess down there, but you can't overlook anyone in the NFL. And we've got another interesting game to unpack for you as you all listen, like Andrew said, on this fantastic Christmas Day. So let's get in.
3: Some of it's good, some of it's bad, but it's all we're talking about. Absolutely. So to begin the first half, the Panthers start with the ball. A nice Tommy Trimble catch and run is negated by a quay slash Preston Smith sack. And Bryce Young has to throw it away on third down. Unfortunately, Lucas Van Ness gets a roughing the kicker call on the ensuing punt, turning a possession that would have started at midfield for the Packers into a fresh set of downs for Carolina. Defense steps up with another three and out, aided by an overthrow by Young to Adam Thielen. So the Packers do get the ball back in a punt, although with much poorer field position, Uh, Aaron Jones for 10, Aaron Jones for 13, Aaron Jones for three, Aaron Jones catch for seven, (laughs) Tucker Craft for 27, Aaron Jones, another 12 yards on the rush. The whole point of this, it was a lot of Aaron Jones on this drive, Uh, but then a defensive pass interference of the Panthers in the end zone sets the Packers up from one AJ Dillon, one year touchdown plunge seven to nothing. Good guys.
2: Yeah, I've got Aaron Jones in a lot of fantasy leagues, three, if you want to count them. And so I've been holding on very patiently all year for uh, Jones to be back and running well. And so my fantasy teams were not psyched when A.J. vultured the rushing touchdown here after Jones showing off uh, between the 20s. But uh, we still have a nice golf clap there for A.J. Dillon, nice work getting the touchdown. But Jones really was running so, so well early in this game. It was kind of almost head-scratching when they decided to pass early in the game because you're ripping off 10 to 12 yards at a time. So just really, really fun to see uh, Aaron Jones back and looking so healthy and spry out there.
3: Yeah, and file this under nobody cares about your fantasy team, but Aaron <laughs> Jones, I also had a, two really important playoff matchups, and you know to see the way he started this game, I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be mm-hmm. one of those banner games and it maybe was just good, not great. But anyways, the Panthers get their <laughs> second possession, a huge gain down the seam to Tommy Tremble for 30, an end around flea flicker pass gets absolutely blown up by Kenny Clark. Really, really fun play by him to just stay home and and beat that one up. Uh, great pressure on an attempted screen pass and then an overthrow leads to a long field goal attempt. But Eddie Pinheiro hits from 52, seven to three Packers. Aaron Jones with a huge run on first down for 39 yards play action. Mm -hmm. Bo Melton for another first down. Melton on the end around for seven. Jones for a first down. Tucker Craft with a beautiful catch and then stretch on third and seven. Broke a tackle and then laid out to make sure that he got every inch he could. Gets the first down at the three-yard line. Love eventually with the quarterback sneak for the score, but Anders pushes the extra point to the right. 13-3 Green Bay. Yeah, we continue
2: to see Bo Melton getting more snaps on this offense. And in a wide receiver group with so much talent and inexperience, I don't know that I would have bet on him carving out a role or even getting an opportunity this season, just the way that things are stacked. But it sounds like his impressions in practice have been enough to cause the Packers to put him out there. And in a situation where the Packers were down read... Watson, and they had Wits playing through an injury and had some other things come up throughout the game, Melton came through in a couple of spots in a big way. And uh, after things felt tense to start this game, like things didn't maybe start outside of the running game, it, it just kind of felt like okay, this is going to be a Game That's going to take a while to get off the ground. The goal line score here by Love kind of gave you that feeling that Green Bay might be able to pull away in this one, but missing the extra point was a head scratcher and it would really end up being a big deal late in this game.
3: Absolutely. So the Panthers' third drive starts out. DJ Chark picks up the first on third and long with a tough catch over the middle. Third and medium, uh, a first down on a post to Adam Thielen, and then a 12-yard run by Chuba Hubbard. An end around to Amir Smith-Marset for a 20-yard touchdown run where the Packers really just didn't hold contain at all. It is 13 to 13-10 Green Bay. The Packers get the ball back, and Love throws a laser to Romeo Dobbs for a first. Packers can't pick up third and one, but Eter Grossmatos gets called for a roughing the passer. Love can't complete to Tucker Kraft on third and seven. Good throw, better coverage. Anders Carlson attempts a 53-yard field goal, and it is good. 16-10 to 10, Packers.
2: Yeah, so in the world of where things don't make any sense, we miss the extra point, we drain the long shot from 53 yards out. So you see why Green Bay feels like Carlson is worth the wait because he does have the leg to hit those long ones. And this was a big, I mean, a huge field goal that he came up with here. But the consistency is absolutely what you want to see improve and you want to see more of from Andres Carlson.
3: Yeah, weird, because we saw that from both kickers. Both kickers hit a 50-plus-yard field goal in the game, and then were really struggling with extra points. Uh, and so you wonder if that's a concentration or a fundamental kind of thing or, you know, what what is going on there. But, yeah, Anders' huge leg uh, certainly can can get there with ease. It's just the accuracy issues. Uh, the Panthers' fourth drive starts. They get a first down to Tommy Tremble, a first to Amir Smith-Marset. The Packers' defense gets a big stop on third and two. And the Panthers decide to go for it. Fourth and two. They get the stop again. Really great run defense. Turnover on downs. Then Packers with the ball back. Their fourth drive. A first down throw to Bo Melton. Aaron Jones converts third and one. A third and ten. Love drifts right out of the pocket and throws. And are you kidding me? Ball for the first (laughs) down to Bo Melton in stride. It's third and ten again. Love escapes the pocket. Rolls right and hits Dontavian Wicks for a beautiful touchdown Wicks does absorb a heck of a hit on that one, uh, but it is into the end zone. 23 to 10 Green Bay. Packers get a super quick three and out. They move the ball to midfield uh to attempt a Hail Mary that comes up a little bit short, goes is batted down and is incomplete. It is 23 to 10 at halftime. Yeah,
2: so it's starting to feel like maybe defenses like shouldn't let Jordan Love roll out to his right. Like that. <laughs> there were some good things happening there. And it feels like there are becoming a couple of those, are you kidding me, moments in almost every game right now for Love, which is really, really exciting and it's really fun to watch. I mean, that's not analysis, it's just the reality of being a fan is Love's putting some really fun things on tape. And this was another one that was nuts. That I think he had a defender in his face rolling out to his right and just a... Uh, absolute dime to where only Bo Melton could catch that ball. And that follows it up with a touchdown, the Wicks, just some special stuff. And we continue to see it from
3: Love. Yeah. And we we definitely should talk about Love's arm talent uh, and his accuracy and how those things are improving and, and really showing off his natural talents uh, as well as his development. But one of the things that I don't think people are talking about a lot that I've been really impressed with, you're talking about Love going to the right. He he's become much more intuitive, or uh, really good at making the decision quickly, in like when to step up through the pocket and mm-hmm. when to roll around the end, where I feel like early in the season, it was just constantly like, I'm going to bail out of the pocket the long way around. And he got himself into a lot of trouble yeah, yeah, on, on some of those. Yeah. It's sort of that old Madden thing, right? Like pe- pe- people people will always like roll outside the pocket right. and, <laughs> and try to go around the end. Yeah. But he, he does a really great job. He knows when that end is coming in and he needs to take yeah. the long way around when he can step and slide through. And and he's so good at, at that um, mm-hmm. throw on the move that that could be a massive weapon going forward. So good good call out there by you. Uh, starting the second half, Packers get a nice five-yard run by Aaron Jones. But Love doesn't see that Frankie Louvu is blitzing on second down. And that ends up being a huge loss on a sack. That does end up leading to a three and out to start the half. Packers, the Panthers, excuse me. On the ensuing drive, go 14 plays, 72 yards in 8 minutes and 20 seconds. Some highlights of Bryce Young, fourth and in inches conversion with no defender in the A-gap, a 15-yard roughing the passer penalty on Isaiah McDuffie, and then just getting out-physicaled on several instances by the Panthers' offense. Pinheiro does miss the extra point, so it is 23 to 23-16 Packers.
2: Yeah, this is kind of where I think started to slip a little bit because you felt like the game was in hand, right? And, you know, they felt like things were safe. They're up 13 before the score. But you mentioned that they were out physical, and it's absolutely true. And it happens in the NFL. Like, there are times where it just looks like maybe you're not the most physically dominant team on the field, but not against the Carolina Panthers, right? I think that that's what's concerning even at this point in the game. Even when you're up, the defense was letting Carolina – hang around, and um, we're just lucky that nobody can make extra points in this game because it kept things interesting. Yeah,
3: uh, so under five minutes in the third quarter, the Packers need a big drive. It you, you could sense the Panthers are getting back into it, a lot of momentum on their side, but a big completion to Dobbs, who fumbles, but Josiah DeGuara, Johnny on the spot, recovering that fumble a huge play for Deguara a big Aaron Jones run for a first three Aaron Jones runs for another first down and then Lafleur inexplicably decides to run AJ Dillon twice on first and second and goal no Jones to be found more on that later but Love bails him out with a beautiful out route to Dobbs for the touchdowns it is 30 to 16 Green Bay and that wraps up the third quarter
2: I remember sitting there, and when the second run to Dylan was called, I was like, why? Like, why? There had to be something else on the play sheet. But I know it's not perfect, and I know we're not here to just prop up Jordan Love, but he's in a groove right now. And you mentioned that the play calling didn't exactly set him up for success in this situation, but that's the beauty of it, right? Love's consistently making plays in high pressure, third and gotta-have-it moments And that's what I think gets you pretty excited for what he can be long term. And I know everyone's going to call us like, you know, we're just we're just the fans, right? Like we want to see it. But when it happens week after week after week, it becomes tangible evidence of what he's capable of and not just what we're hoping to see. And I think that that's really, really exciting.
4: Hey, friends. That was until I found GameTime. GameTime is so easy to use with a low price guarantee, event cancellation protection, easy to find tickets, and an even easier to use app. GameTime is the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds and they are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through emails and have those same panicky moments that I did the day of a game. So next time you're buying tickets, make sure you snag them using GameTime, stress-free, Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code Packaday for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Packaday for $20 off. Oh, and GameTime is also a great way to buy tickets for a holiday gift. Just make sure to use code Packaday. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest prices. Guaranteed. Definitely. And, and so you're,
3: you're looking at this, it, the, the Dobbs touchdown, I believe was the first play of the fourth quarter. So we're like a few seconds into the fourth, the Packers are up 14 points against a Carolina team that has nothing to play for whatsoever. They're down on their luck. You think they're just going to fold and the Packers should push them around. Uh, But the Panthers get a phenomenal catch from Adam Thielen Uh, On a tipped pass, I I, honestly, this is such a crazy play and I'm surprised we didn't get more replays of that, but the drive stalls out and then they have to punt. So we're like, all right, good to go. Packers have the ball. They're up two scores in the fourth quarter. No way this can go wrong, right? The (laughs) Packers get an almost big play to Dobbs on a beautiful throw by Love and then a short run by Dylan and then incomplete to Bo Melton. So the Packers go three and out, worst possible situation. Again, no Aaron Jones on this drive. Don't don't know what that was all about. Punt it back to the Panthers. The Packers' rush cannot get home on the ensuing drive, and Young finds Thielen for a first. Tommy Tremble, nine-yard gain, and uh, Smith-Marset picks up third down with a 13-yard end-around, but the Panthers move back 15 yards on a post-snap penalty. Preston Smith sack. Carolina picks up the first uh, to DJ Chark on an in-route. He fumbles, and Devontae Wyatt gets a 15-yard penalty for quote-unquote piling on that was pretty soft penalty but they called it anyway so you know the panthers give up 15 yards they get that 15 yards back Lafleur challenges if that was actually a catch and the challenge was unsuccessful i don't really know what was going on there or who was in his ear to say to challenge that play that was a weird one uh chart gets open for the touchdown the panthers go for two down eight brace young gets in but it's called back on a hold and then Pinheiro misses another extra point. So despite getting gashed, giving up a bunch of third downs, leaving receivers open, the Packers still have an eight point lead at 30 to 22.
2: So I saw Bryce Young get in on the two point conversion and I actually like walked through the room. And so I missed that. It got called back on a hold. So it took me a second to get back up to speed (laughs) on like the score and like what actually happened, because as you said, like, Things didn't go well after that either. But Tommy Trumbull looked like a force in this game, which I think is another indictment on the defense. But the missed extra point here, they just keep coming, right? Here's another one. And at the time, I think we were probably focused on the defensive collapse that we were kind of watching unfold before our eyes. But the holding penalty that I mentioned that cost them that two points and that missed extra point, that's a lot of shooting yourself in the foot in like, 30 seconds like that is an incredible sequence for the Panthers that they really, really. I mean, they should have won this game if you look at it in that way, how they could have come out with with those points. And it really, really killed them in the end that they weren't able to come out with any kind of an extra point to speak of there.
3: Yeah, so absolutely. At this point, despite the defense collapsing on that drive, you're still feeling pretty good. The Packers are up eight. There's not a lot of time left. Packers get a nice first down, uh first down gain from Aaron Jones and then take him out of the game for a second and third down. Nice. <laughs> That's uh, a good idea. They yeah. they go absolutely nowhere on second and third down and then punt it back to Carolina. So another three and out where I feel like they underutilize Aaron Jones. The Panthers get the ball back, a big conversion to DJ Chark plus 15 for an unnecessary roughness call on the Packers. Adam Thielen gets wide open for another big gain. Touchdown DJ Chark that fast. Uh, and then they go for two, of course. Uh, Blackshear on the handoff gets the two-point conversion on uh, kind of end around. It, it wasn't an end around. He was in the backfield, but really like a long handoff there. Uh, Joe Barry defenses making really terrible offenses look, look like the greatest show on turf. Yeah, it's fun. Nice reference. Uh, yeah, so the, the Packers now, uh, with a little over three minutes, have the ball back. They need to run the clock out, and they need to score some points because it's tied 30-30. Two Aaron Jones runs set up third and four. Romeo Dobbs with a deep catch on the sideline. The Panthers' challenge, it's questionable, but they call it a catch. It's a 36-yard gain, a huge first down. The Packers have the ball down at the 33. So I don't know what a catches at all. <laughs> I don't know, like, if I'm a Packers fan, that's a catch. If I'm a Panthers fan, that's not a catch. I think that's a mm-hmm. huge problem for the NFL, right? Yeah. Like, it, yeah. it, it there should be some consistency to that call. Yeah. It seemed like the, re, uh, you know, the, the broadcast official had no idea. Like, mm. he got it dead wrong. <laughs> and the, <laughs> uh, who is today's color commentator? Yeah. Uh, it's escaping me. Somebody's gonna roast me on Twitter, but uh, like they had it right. They they nailed it. So mm-hmm. it's it was called a catch on the field. It was called a right? catch on the field. Yeah. Yes,
2: that's probably. I mean, there's probably some discussion that could be had about that piece of it. The like that it has to stand if it's inconclusive, because we've seen a lot of those where it's like, okay. I mean, even from a neutral perspective here. That is probably, it's not called a catch if it's called incomplete on the field. So it's just dicey, but I can see how Panthers fans would be mad. And we've all seen Adam Thielen's, you know, rants about how, you know, Packers get those calls, but everybody gets those calls. It just depends on the week and the situation. And in this case, the Packers come out with a pretty slick catch from Romeo Dobbs that may or may not have been one.
3: I don't think just a whiny Minnesota fan. I don't uh, really care what his opinion is, but I, I genuinely like this is frustrating. So it's a beautiful throw by Love. It's a really great adjustment by Romeo Dobbs. He kind of he, he didn't catch it clean. Dobbs at times can have kind of questionable hands, but he does a phenomenal job of reeling it back in. And then he doesn't seem to control it through the turn. So I don't know. Again, we, we just don't know what a catch is anymore. But uh, Tucker Craft, this is like a really unsung play. He catches a ball between two defenders. I don't know what Jordan Love saw that he thought he could fit it between the two, but he sure did. Great catch. Tucker Craft turns it upfield because the defenders kind of collided into each other and then gets the first down. That was a really, really big play mm-hmm. to make the field goal uh, shorter. Jones and then two Patrick Taylor carries. I don't know. Combined, those three plays lost one yard. The Packers do run the clock down. 32-yard attempt by Carlson with 22 seconds left to take the lead. It is good. 33-30 to Green Bay. There's no way with 19 seconds left the Panthers are going to do anything at all. Except, Mm. it's the Packers defense. And DJ Chark has a crazy catch for 22 yards on the sideline. Not only did they give out 22, it stopped the clock. Thielen then gets a big catch over the middle. The Panthers, somehow, I don't know how, there was four seconds left when Adam Thielen stood up. They got their entire offense like mm-hmm. down the field, yep. set, and spiked the ball. But the clock hit zero seemingly simultaneously with the ball touching mm-hmm. the ground which means the game is over and the Packers win.
2: No stress at all. No, none. Not none, none. That was a clean win. And no, I mean, geez. I mean, I actually had to watch the end of this game on my phone um, with a friend of mine. We were gathered around, like, watching the end of this. And it was the Tucker Craft catch between those two defenders. And when that happened, that was the moment that I said, like, there's no reason they lose this game. Like, that's what they needed. They're in position to kick the field goal. But... How many seconds left? Nineteen seconds left. Like you're like in no other situation with no other quarterback. It doesn't matter. Like what, who the quarterback is. That should not be a reasonable amount of time where you're legitimately concerned about making a comeback. But yet we know in the back of our minds what we're dealing with with this soft defense, and it happened, man. Like they almost did this, and we're literally one second from a field goal shot at overtime. And I know it was would be a deep field goal. But that was a very legitimate possibility that we were only prevented from by a one second of a time running off of a clock. And uh, the offense doesn't deserve it. They did get the win and the offense did some really nice things. But there are some serious issues on this defense. And it's hard to look past those issues, even on Victory Monday, when you're excited about the fact that they did win, that it helps them get closer to the playoffs. They're still in that mix. But that defense, man, there's there's no reason. Let me ask you a question, Andrew. How many points did the Panthers score today? That would be 30. 30. How many points do you think is their season high in a game this season?
3: Less than 30. Well, now it's 30.
2: <laughs> it's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. 30 now. <laughs> uh, they put up 27 versus Seattle in a game where the Seahawks put up 42 late in September so a high scoring game you expect you give a little bit of wiggle on a high scoring game right uh but this is a team that regularly struggles to put up more than 10 to 13 points this season right 18 points and 21 points were their high office, offensive efforts against the bucks and the dolphins but green bay found a way to give up 30 today and like unnecessarily. And I think that that's what's so crazy is this is three weeks in a row and we're, you know, prisoners of the moment, right? We want to fire somebody and that's not always the right move. And I think that there are times where like a measured response, we're so close to the end of the season is more important than just doing the rash thing. But this is three weeks of, in a row of Dom, uh, Danny DeVito, Tommy DeVito. I do it every time. (laughs) Tommy, it doesn't matter. The DeVito man looking amazing. And then you go to you know talk about the, the Bucks, and now we're talking about Baker Mayfield getting a new contract because of how well he's played lately, you know, with that Packers game mixed in there, and then this week giving up a season high in points to Bryce Young and a team that fired their coach. So it, it just isn't a good look, and it seems to be the consistent theme right now. You've got to make it a few more weeks, and because the offense is doing some nice things, it could go on into the playoffs. But it sure feels like there's a solution that needs
3: to be found here. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think there's lots of time to to talk about the Joe Barry problem. And, you know, if you heard my rant last week on the show, you know how I feel about it. I just feel like everybody else is going to be talking about firing Joe Barry And I'm not sure that, like, more words need to be spent on the topic. Mm -hmm. Like, the defense just isn't good enough. It doesn't matter if it's coaching or personnel at this point. It's terrible. And if it's me, I think something needs to change if this team wants to have any chance of winning the next two games. But it's not up to me. And so... Mm -hmm you know, we'll, we'll see what they do and then we'll see what the result of that is. And then Mm -hmm. hopefully at the end of the season, there's a pretty major turnover in both coaching and personnel.
2: Yeah. Okay. Let's, uh, let's move on. I think, you know, our frustration, we can bury it right there and talk about some of the, we did win the game. So let's talk key players and key plays of the game. Andrew, who was your player of the game this week?
3: going to go there and jones who i think was really electric he looked like vintage number 33 and yet the packers went away from him time and time again joe barry (laughs) the aforementioned joe barry gets roasted and he will continue to and he probably deserves to but lafleur deserves some blame too you can't act like every game is a playoff game In your mentality and your approach, how you are on the sideline, how you talk to the media, and then have your running back go 21 for 170 and then go with AJ Dillon and Patrick Taylor over and over in important situations. You just can't do it. And if Jones is good to go, if he truly is healthy, he needs to get used like the 49ers use Christian McCaffrey, like the Rams use Kyron Williams, just ride him into the ground, 90 to 95% snap share. And if he can't handle that, well, then he shouldn't be your number one running back. Like, he, like, mm-hmm. what What are we saving him for the playoffs? Yeah. We yeah. we don't have playoffs are going to come. So mm-hmm. I love what Jones is doing, but to me, the usage isn't good enough. I, I think Aaron Jones was phenomenal, and I'd love to see him get more and more chances over the next two weeks.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the way he was running early in that game, it was a legitimate question of if they needed to throw the ball at all, like in this game yeah. early on. Um, but, I, yeah, I, it is it is a head-scratcher that the Aaron Jones usage is the way it is, especially, I mean, last week they kind of wanted to ease him back in reasons excuses whatever but now it's kind of the place where like maybe maybe like if they didn't have aaron jones in the plans for the future like you would think that they would just be running him into the ground like there is no future there to protect him for which makes me think that maybe they do think that like this is a player that they want to build around a little bit more and i don't know what that looks like as far as team structure goes he's getting old they need to draft someone and get some other other ball carriers in there but it sure doesn't feel like this is a player that they think might have a couple games left in green and gold. If they felt that way, they should have given him the ball 25 times today, the way that he, yeah. was, he was playing. So an interesting one to watch as we get into the offseason and how they handle that situation. But uh, mine here, maybe this is a lazy answer, but I'm going to go to with Jordan Love. And we've talked about him a lot in the podcast already today. But he finishes the day 17 of 28 for 219 yards, two touchdowns. Um, through the air and a rushing touchdown to Boots. And, of course, you can't mention go without mentioning the game-winning drive on top of all that. I thought he actually played better than 17 of 28. That was kind of surprising to me. Um, But a a phenomenal game from Jordan Love and some big-time throws. Uh, Just some interesting things I pulled uh, off of Twitter today that I thought were worth mentioning. I'll try to give credit where it's due. Jordan Love has seven games this season – with multiple pass touchdowns and zero interceptions, seven of those. That's pretty inter- impressive. That came from CBS. Uh, Matt Schneidman mentioned Jordan Love's last six games stats, just the last six, 1,500 yards, 13 touchdowns, passes, one rushing touchdown, and one interception. That is an incredible wow. ratio. That's like a that's an Aaron Rodgers ratio of taking care of the football and putting up points. So uh, really good stuff from Jordan Love. I think we hit a speed bump there a couple weeks ago where you thought, okay, there's still a lot of growth that needs to happen here. And there still is. But I think we've seen a lot of the flashes that I think you're hoping to see from a young quarterback that you think might be your future. But let's talk about the plays of the game, Andrew. uh, There's several I think we could call on for this. But uh, what do you have for the play of the game?
3: Yeah, I picked what I think is the obvious one. Uh, The Dobbs catch down the sideline in the fourth quarter that put the Packers into field goal position on their final drive. If that's called incomplete, the Panthers get the ball back on a punt on the next play they probably go down and win the game for themselves. Like, do we think the Packers defense was going to prevent them from getting field goal range with, like, two minutes and some seconds left? No, probably not. No. And with all their timeouts, by the way. And just an incredible throw by Love, incredible adjustment by Dobbs, and a great job to wrangle that in after the initial juggle. Uh, A small assist from the officials, but, again, like, just making the play there was so big. Probably won them the game, probably kept their playoff hopes alive.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That was absolutely a huge play.
3: Um I have 3 here that I feel like
2: are kind of like runner up to that play probably, but we've mentioned them throughout the podcast, but just highlight them. Like we talked about the the rolling out to the right and the plays that Love made there. The Love to Melton on that was absolutely another one that's going to be on the highlight reel from this year. Love to Wicks, the touchdown. I think I think the Wicks hype is absolutely uh, it's been high, but I think that there's a lot of reasons to think that this is guy. This is a guy who's going to contribute on this offense in a significant and expanding way going forward. And that was a lot of fun. And then Loki, you you said that this was a big play earlier in the podcast, but Loki Deguara landing on that Dobbs fumble earlier, like that could have been an absolute disaster and a huge momentum shift. And him getting there. I know we give Deguara a lot of crap for. Maybe the role that he plays and the Packers insisting that he plays that role and some of those things, but him getting on that fumble was Johnny on the spot, like had to happen and he made it happen. I think that may have saved the game looking back. Like if he doesn't land on that
0: ball.
3: Yeah, and I always give DeGuara a lot of grief, but you know there there was I I saw some nice kickout blocks today too, so it'll be interesting to see on a rewatch like how he did in in the blocking game where I've been pretty critical of him in the past. But yeah, certainly falling on that fumble ends up being a massive, massive deal. Um, And you know the Packers playoff hopes are still alive, Mm. so this is going to be really exciting. Make sure you stay tuned. The rest of the week, we'll give you an update on the Packers' injuries and the continual laundry list of of what is the Packers' injury report uh, get you all ready for next Sunday night's game. But That is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Pack Day Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit, and you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Please subscribe to the Packer Day Podcast and consider giving us a five-star rating. You can catch Kyle, Maggie, and myself every single Monday, and we'll be back next week with a breakdown of the Packers' Week 17 game against the Minnesota Vikings. Thanks for listening, and as always, remember... (laughs)